This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the 10th episode of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm Timothy Almondson. And today we have an amazing episode for you all. On this episode, we talk about season one, episode nine, Forget Me Not, and uh, introduce a fun drinking game for the age-appropriate psychos. You hear that? The age-appropriate. Okay, psychos, enjoy. Hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. Hi, Tim. I have a question for you, Maggie. Uh, I'm, I hope I have an answer for you, Tim. Are you ready to podcast the shit out of something? I've never been more ready to podcast the shit out of something. You are never t- not ready to podcast the shit out of it. <laughs> what about you, Tim? Are you ready to podcast the shit out of something? I woke up ready to podcast the shit out of it after four cups of coffee. You were born ready. Born ready. Um, Tim, what did you have to go do today and why? I got to wake up to an email saying I need to quickly look at <laughs> tested for COVID because let's see, today is Saturday. On Tuesday, I'm working on a little show called This Is Us. Oh, just a little show called This Is Us. Just like the number one show on TV, yeah. I feel like right now. Yeah, just I, hear, that show. I hear it's pretty good. So yeah, I get to go back for Grumpy Grory has a is appearing in, in one episode of the final season, which I'm very excited to go back for one final appearance of Everybody's favorite grumpy neighbor who's a stroke survivor. <laughs> yeah, you're so good on there, Tim. Thanks, Maggie. I love you're it. You're such a good friend. <laughs> you pay me to say these things. I know, but I never get to see you to buy you dinner because it's stupid, <laughs> stupid COVID. It's stupid COVID. I know. We had a we had a moment where we, we actually got to, like, do this in person for a little bit. But now I feel like we do it and we got to test uh, and get multiple tests and then another yeah. test. And then, we, Yeah. But, and, um, and now everybody's running out of um, the rapid test. So yeah. we have to pick and choose our moments where we can get together very carefully. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And we got to keep you safe because you're going to work. Because daddy got to make some cheddar and go to work. <laughs> yes, he does. But when we do get to get together, I owe you so many dinners and drinks for all the nice things you say about me on this podcast. I would say, Tim, that's crazy. But you know what? I think I'll take you up on it. You don't have to pay for it. But I just want to have drinks and dinner with you. <laughs> that too. Yeah, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. Speaking of drinks, Maggie. Oh, dear. <laughs> I am, um, you know, because I'm a professional, semi-professional podcaster, just like I'm a semi-professional astronaut, <laughs> I, um, I took some with notes while, hair, while re-watching the, the episode. And so I thought as, um, as our dear listeners, our dear, beautiful, and handsome listeners 
listen to our podcast, they can maybe it'd be fun for them to go back and rewatch the episodes either on the DVDs, whatever, wherever they get it, wherever they get their psych viewing material. Yeah. Or on the screen. Peacock streaming yeah. service, which pays <laughs> for us to make movies. Thank you, Peacock Streaming Service and uh, NBC Universal Cable Productions, whatever they are now. Okay, so I was going to mention a couple of things the folks could look out for during the rewatch. One of which I thought of, I came up with a, um, a psych rewatch uh, drinking game. If you are oh. a person who enjoys a, an adult beverage from time to time. Which, I mean, I, I would say from time to time, we enjoy adult beverages. I mean, you and I have been known, our entire <laughs> cast and crew has been known to get oh. together and imbibe. Enjoy beverages. <laughs> okay, so here, do you want to hear my, hear my drinking I'm game? I'm excited. I'm so excited about this drinking game. Okay, the Psych Rewatch Psychologists <laughs> are in podcast drinking game. Here you go. Okay. As you're watching the episode, every time you see one of our cast members in a brightly colored wardrobe piece, <laughs> you, could take, you could take a sip. I'm saying sip as so a shot, because if it was a shot, you would be on the... There might be alcohol poisoning involved. I, I was just so maybe, about to say, they'll be drunk by like yeah. the third scene of every episode. So just a sip of your favorite adult beverage. So in this particular episode, we're talking about um, Forget Me Not. Yes, which is very, very, very funny. And I actually feel like a few things started, like a few runners started uh, during this, I think. I think. Oh, somebody else took notes too. <laughs> Okay, her, she's holding up to the camera now. Hers are written on, on a napkin. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. This is my current, this is my coaster, but uh, it's going to go back to being my coaster. But these are, uh, uh, these are my last notes I took. Yes, yes. But, because I couldn't fit it all. Look, I ran out of room. <laughs> because you were so professional. I came up with so many notes. So professional. Just, you know, everybody, her handwriting, handwriting is impeccable. Mine is a chicken scratch scrawl. Although I did write it actually in a notebook. Yeah, you did. That is more professional. Okay, so the game is, yeah, you take a sip every time you see some brightly colored um, wardrobe. Wardrobe, And okay. in this episode, holy crud. You were like, a, you showed up, I think your first scene in, in, the, in the police station, you showed up in like a hot pink or- Hot kind of pink. Pepto, it was like a hot pink top. It was a very bright, like I needed to turn down the, the colors on my computer. Were you about to say Pepto? It's sort of Pepto-Bismo <laughs> pink. Hot it's pink? No, no, no! I said hot pink. You yeah, okay. called it right. It is, it is, it is Pepto pink. And then James said the episode is in like this sort of orange caution cone, weird plaid <laughs> cowboy shirt. <laughs> and Dulé is yeah. going for like keeping with the USA sky blue sky skies blue. theme. Yeah, he's in like a bright sky blue shirt through most of it. Lasseter is unfortunately in in a very unfortunate tan suit the entire time. Yeah, you are in a you are in tan. I noticed, but but. I do think, I wrote down, I do think the clothes, I think this was after that hiatus we took um, where when the show premiered and we thought we would never come back again oh, right. um, uh, during season one. I think when we came back, there were some changes. Notice, my hair is up, no tendrils. Oh, the Laura Ingle tendrils that I was used to bug Maggie about. <laughs> so early you on, loved I don't it. think we ever talked about the tendrils. Um, we, I think we have a little, but Tim, it's, it's one of Tim's favorite topics. So I'm going <laughs> to let <laughs> She would show up on set with these sort of tendrils, just these kind of curls 
She looked like Laura Ingalls. It was a very um, odd. It was. I was too choice. new. I was too new to be like, hey guys, I don't think a detective would have tendrils. I just sort of let them do it. Then of course I'd get on set and they'd be like, is this what you wanted? I'd be like, sure. <laughs> no, and our, and our hair our hair department then was two very very sweet ladies. Oh, they were so sweet. Who you know because you're such a nice person, Maggie. You're not, you're not gonna rock that boat and make them feel bad about making you look like your little house on the prairie. No, but my hair, the tendrils are gone, and my hair is up, like a detective, a little bit more at least in this episode, I noticed. I was like, okay, some notes came down over the hiatus (laughs) (laughs) and our clothes, while brighter, um, well, it'll be interesting. I have to see what happens in the next one, what's next, or at the Starbucks, because I wonder what I am, if I'm still in my, my giant collars. Because this one I wasn't. This is yeah. I these are more sort of like these are kind of yeah pullover tops supposed to button up with your um, flying non wing collars. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is this one. I feel okay. So there was always a note right that our show had to be very like sunny, and so the colors were bright and light. And, um, and I think that's where like your tan suit came from. Cause I have a lot of light colors. So I have a light, light gray in this later. I'm a little more of a hard hitting, like I'm in later seasons, I'm in darker colors, but, um, for like the first few out, I'm in these light colors and you had the lightest, I think the lightest of all the suits. Yeah. And that, that suit stuck around for a couple of, a couple of seasons, a couple mm-hmm. episodes. It looks good on you. Thanks. That's very kind of you to say. It was not a great suit, but um, that one did not <laughs> fall off a truck, we'll say. That one did not fall off a truck. Did you ever get the note, Tim, uh, about having a tan? I, I was never privy to that information. Our wardrobe yeah. may have gotten it, but they certainly didn't tell me. I was encouraged to stay tan, and I believe, and I think he'd be okay with me saying this, James was as well, because we were in Santa Barbara, and so it wanted to, they they wanted it to feel like a sunny place, which I will also say in this episode, very sunny episode, considering we were in Vancouver. And I know we're we're Santa Barbara, but occasionally we'd get that sunny day where we could, you know, it really felt like Santa Barbara. But for the most part, is it's very cloudy and very rainy. This whole episode I noticed was like very sunny. Well, a lot of the exteriors I think were shot down in White Rock. It's one of the first times we we're really utilizing White Rock, which is which was our version of Santa Barbara. Which usually took about a good 45-minute hour drive to get down to, to location we were in White Rock. And this was also when we were still driving ourselves, as opposed to a lot of times on production's kids. <laughs> Production will drive the actors to set. Although for the first couple of us episodes on our show, because of the structure of our deals, we all had to drive ourselves, which is odd because you're in a foreign country. You don't know where you are. There are a couple times, Maggie, where you had to um, go through some really dodgy neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, like 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., or like you said, coming home at like 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah, and you don't know where you are. You're in a in a crazy place, and there are some, uh, yeah, there are a couple of wrong turns you can make yeah. in downtown Vancouver. And, then you, and you, I remember you got in, in a car accident one day pulling out a set. That been pulling out was, of the lot. it was a really, it's crazy you remember that. That was like, um, I want to say that happened during season two, but, and I had just left work. And I was in my um, my little car. I had like kind of a little sports little car. Little black car, right? A little black car. And oh, to this day, Tim, I think like, I don't know why Tristan was not in the car with me. Like she always was in the car with me. And for some reason she wasn't because 
the the impact of that, um, I basically looked up at the light and the sunsets in Vancouver are so bright that if you're if it's hitting a stoplight in just the right way, it's actually very difficult to see what what is lit up. So I kind of was slowing down. I was like, okay, and everybody was still going at normal speed, normal speed, normal speed. And it must have turned red. I must have looked away for a second. Next thing I knew, I was basically in like the bed of an F-150. I remember exactly where that happened because that particular stoplight, if we if we left work at sort of sundown, it, there was always a really severe sunset glaring in our, in our eyes. But there was an interesting little thing that happened um, not long after that because James and Delay were um, driving themselves, after working like a 14-hour day, they just managed to be late to White Rock just enough times that suddenly <laughs> the teamster started driving us. Yep. They, I think they even said, like, I think the boys were like, look, the hours, the time. And also, you know, we, we were shooting uh, an hour-long show, and I think Stephen, Steve talked about this um, in, in his, usually for an hour-long show, you get eight days, right? And we only got seven. So we were shooting an hour-long episode where most people get one full extra day to shoot within a seven-day period. So we had one less day to shoot the same amount. So yeah, days were long, call times were really early, and I think the boys, like you said, and being late probably enough times and getting lost. Yeah, then add <laughs> an, hour, we an hour and some of the commute onto that. And the, I mean, the teams just wanted to drive us because they wanted the work, so. We love, oh, it was so nice. Our drivers were the best. So White Rock, um, this episode, I would imagine, I, I would say the majority of it shot in White Rock from what I could tell from the locations. Yeah, because the coffee shop is definitely White Rock. Yeah, and then and there's Henry's some beautiful house. shots where you see the ocean in the background. So they went, "Oh, we're coming down. We must go shoot the ocean." Yeah, I suppose really just beautiful. Henry's house. It's really beautiful out there. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things I noticed, and I also noticed I had like a tan, um, and I was like, "Oh right, I remember getting the the note of like, if you guys don't mind." I mean, they couldn't like force us to like go to a tanning bed. I think it was just like find a good self tanner that you don't look orange, but you still look tan. I did start, um, I don't know if it was this episode, but I started using a, like a self tanner, like just kind of a, a cream that would eventually sort of make me a little look a little tan. Cause I realized the more tan I look, the less makeup I had to wear. And that, that too. Yeah. They like, it's such a funny thing. <laughs> we had to be tan for our show. The other shows that over time, at least were coming on to, uh, to USA were very, very sunny and very, uh, very sexy, like burn notice and uh, covert affairs. And uh, there were like all these kind of shows that were very sexy. We were still the the cute little nerdy show. So we were like, well, I guess we should have a tan. I would say sexy, <laughs> sexy, nerdy, nerdy, sexy. S- n- nerxy. <laughs> Snur. Sn- you can't really blend those two words. I was going to try to come up with a word. We're working on it for the next podcast. Wait, so, okay. So every time somebody wears a bright color. You take a sip. You take a sip. Is there another, or is that the first, is that the first of what will probably be many uh, add-ons to the drinking game? Yes. <laughs> and um, Corbin Austin, this one, is rocking a really lovely, um, he's in like a um, lavender polo, like kind of a pastel. So it wasn't super bright, but it was still, it looked great on him. That one should have fallen off a truck for him. Did you just come up with this drinking game because you were like, well, what would be a rule that would make us have to drink all the time? <laughs> I'm literally like every single person was wearing a bright color. No, it's so just as watching you were drunk the episode, by <laughs> rewatching for our psych rewatch podcast, 
last night. I was like, hey, you know what would be fun? I'm noticing a recurring theme. Like it could also be along, along the lines of every time Gus does his little girl scream and scream. F- flail. But the, um, the drinking, the color, the wardrobe game is definitely much more consistent. Yeah. <laughs> to get a, no, that's a, a, a good, yeah, that's a good a guarantee. Yeah, for sure. Again, again, kids, sipping. Well, first of all, not kids because. No. We're talking about adult beverages here. Yes. Sipping, not shots. Because we've got to keep it safe. Tim, 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 you're starting the psych, psych rewatch drinking game. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of Gus coming out of the, um, uh, it's so funny because I think in, in Dulé's episode of the podcast, he talked about how much Chris and Steve hated the squealy scream, I know exactly right? what you're going to say because it's in my <laughs> notes too. And he Sorry, comes out after the warthog is supposedly giving birth and he's the so warthog, tra- yes. traumatized. Um, but that scene, um, the TikTok, I just call it the yeah. TikTok, the McTikTok scene, was, I remember seeing it in the script and I didn't understand it. I was just like, TikTok, what the TikTok? And they made that whole thing up. I remember James talking about it. Like, the, I, I literally, you guys, I think it said, make, like, they do a make TikTok uh, a clicking sound back and forth or something. And it was one of the funniest things, I think, ever. In fact, I think that lived uh, for, what what is his name? Uh, when he's like, this is my partner. It was or, McTalk, Dr. McTalk. McTalk, yeah. That has gone down as a, I think, a very memorable scene of uh, season one. I had to watch Forget Me Not twice to get the whole, because at first I was like, wait, who's related to who? What is going no. on? I, did, I, I, did, I watched it twice as well. <laughs> and I was like, wait, oh, okay, now I get it. And I, I probably... I probably I probably had no idea actually when we shot it exactly what was happening because I I had to to go back. There was only like a couple of pieces where I was like, wait, how is this connected to this? Um, but the McTikTok and I, I think it was the first uh, act natural. Oh, it could have been. Yeah. You know when 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 um when Trish or Ashley Williams, who we'll talk about in a second, is coming in and the boys like scramble to like get back in their things and they're like act natural and they like freeze in whatever position they're in. I think that might be the first one. Cause I think they do that all the time now. One thing we all need to be taken care of is our gut. It impacts literally everything. Your mood, your digestion, when you go to the And because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system, a healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your best. Unfortunately, our bodies are being attacked every single day and wreaking havoc on our gut health. Stress, toxins, even just one day of eating a Western-style diet. Thankfully, with Just Thrive Probiotic, it's now easier than ever to give your gut what it needs to thrive. Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that is proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory, meaning you get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health support. It's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO. 
and has been loudly endorsed by some of the biggest health luminaries on the planet. So if you are looking for the best in gut health and immune support, choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. Make this year the year you take care of you. For a limited time, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code pineapple at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com. Use code pineapple at checkout. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. And prior to that scene in the psych office, when James is looking through the um, the blinds at Ashley and um, Dick Kurtwood Smith, it wasn't the first time. It was it was a throwback to Sean doing his little girl voice. That he did with you when you when you first met in the which uh, in I was the, kind of jealous of. I was like, wait a second, that's the Juliet voice. Why is he using it for another woman? <laughs> <laughs> I really was. I forgot about that, and I literally wrote it in my notes. Wait, <laughs> oh, I forget what I said, but I literally was like, like wait, same Juliet voice. I wrote down. <laughs> I was like, no way, that's not cool. But it was. It's still the funniest voice. It is one of my favorite Sean bits of when Sean does a. A female a girl's voice. voice, yeah. Yeah, no, it was very, it was very, very funny. And Ashley, um, Ashley, we actually tried to get on the podcast. She, Ashley and I worked together a couple years ago on a Hallmark movie, and um, I mean, obviously we worked together on Psych, but um, she, we have friends in common. She is just the absolute best, like just a ball of light and fun and positivity. I love her so much. Um, but she couldn't do the podcast. But she might want to come back and do another one. She said she wanted to do one, even though she's not in another episode. But uh, she so sweetly offered to do that. So, But she's so good in the episode. She's so good. We could also have her come back and just talk about her experience of being a general guest star on our show. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have I to think... be specific to this one. but um, And Kurtwood. Yeah. So Kurtwood, uh, for those of you who don't know, was the mean dad in Dead Poets Society. And I was... Standing in front of Man Chinese Theater one day, actually crossing the street, which is on Hollywood Boulevard. So it really is a Hollywood story. I was crossing the street in a crosswalk on Hollywood Boulevard, and I see Kurtwood, and it was one of the first time I ever like saw a guy I'd just seen in a movie. And I stopped, I was like, Hey, you were in that movie. And he's like, and he goes, Yeah, he was very lovely. And I said, You I hated you. You were wonderful. You were such a, you were so mean. But he was he was so good in that movie that I really he kind of scared me seeing him. And he was really lovely to me. So that's my Hollywood story. It's not a really good one. And then suddenly like I'm on I'm on, I'm on I'm on a TV show with him. Yeah, I like a good Hollywood story that comes full circle. But now, I, now we're talking about him on a podcast because we worked with him. Tim, should we actually like read a synopsis, like like a professional rewatch podcast? And maybe it'll, make, and maybe it'll help me thing. understand the episode because it's uh, this was a classic episode where like I read it and had no idea what the hell was going on. And so I would, <laughs> I would then like text Maggie and say, "Mag, can you explain this one to me?" And I'd I think be like, I, Tim, I have no idea. Let yeah. me ask James. <laughs> I think when, when I rewatched it for the second time, I, I rewound James's wrap up. I think I watched it twice just to, so I could figure out what the hell was going on in this one. Yeah. You know, also um, guest starring was Lisa Baines. May she rest in peace. And she's so good. She's so good. Um, anyway, it's really, really sad. And remind, remind me who she played in this episode? She's Edna. 
She's his wife. She's the killer. Oh, of course. Oh, she was yeah, greatness. Yeah. She really yeah. was. So good. Like, so, so good. Um, from the time the boys show up and, like, everything, she's just really wonderful. Um, here's some bullet points for Forget Me Not. Um, we're going to be good rewatchers. Get your Give crayons. <laughs> Get your crayons. And your paper towels or napkins. Apparently, that's how Maggie writes them. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Get your get your napkins from your uh, takeout from the night before. Okay, um, young Sean, right? Young Sean makes fun of a girl named Trish on his class field uh, trip to the zoo, and then Sean tells the teacher a tennis ball is stuck in the ostrich's throat. Trish did it, but Sean covers for her. Captain Connors says he believes him. I love this moment. Actually, I love the moment when when Kerwood then ha- comes back to Sean and Sean says, yes, sir, I-, I do believe you. I love that moment. Anyway, uh, Sean and Gus see Trish with her dad, Kerwood Smith, talking outside their office. Captain Connors claimed he saw a murder, but he can't remember who did it or who was killed. Captain Connors asks if Sean believes him. He says he does. Very sweet. That's the throwback moment I'm talking about that I absolutely love. Full circle of the, I believe you, Sean, do you believe me? Yeah. I love how they called that back. It was really sweet because it's such a nice moment between the two of them when with young Sean. And there's no real um, Henry lesson in this one. It's just more that the beginning just sort of sets with the foreshadowing of what their relationship is, of what Captain Connors and Sean's relationship is going to be later in the episode. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. It's not really a, um, a, a teaching moment. In fact, I would say, if anything, maybe Sean teaches Henry a little mm. bit of a... Well, now, you're going deep. (laughs) Are you all taking notes? Okay, a girl arrives at the police station claiming her boyfriend is missing. Sean notices small eyes, which means his dad is there. Trish makes fun of Sean about how he was so annoying in high school as Sean makes a scene in the background. (laughs) This was also very funny. (laughs) so good. She's like, he's really so mature now. And then it cuts to him flipping the book over because it was... um, Just being an absolute moron. Physical comedy moron. He's, and yeah, he's dancing. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, Trish makes fun of Sean about how he was annoying in high school. As Sean makes a scene in the background, we just said that. Sean and Gus visit the zoo to see (laughs) the mountain lion. Sean and Gus pretend to be Swedish doctors. The greatest. I love the scene so much. Sean says Gus speaks English at a preschool level. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Sean and Gus make ridiculous noises. I love that, Devin. That is the perfect thing. They just make ridiculous noises that are supposed to be. What's crazy is they understand each other, (laughs) Um, even in their ridiculousness. Lassiter and Juliet, oh, um, meet with a man trash talking Connors. Sean and Gus visit the trail where the mountain lion supposedly killed a man. A sheriff finds them. They pretend they were lost. Oh, this was crazy to me. I was like, I mean, it makes perfect sense now knowing the story, but I was like, they get caught. They're just trespassing in the woods, right? The dude has like a gun on them. He pulls, no, he pulls out like a single barrel shotgun. <laughs> like it's crazy. This ranger. Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy. It's um, like, that was a harsh move. It really is too much. It's too much. Um, they pretend they were lost. Captain Connors comes dressed in uniform at the office. Lassiter asks if he can help him. Captain Connors comes dressed in uniform. Lassiter asks, okay, okay, Connors lost it. Connor hits Lassiter. He hits okay. you. He hits so you. So I get, I get punched in the nose <laughs> by this man much older than Lassiter. And when you rewatch the episode, you really got, this was really stuck out to me. So he pumps me in the nose and we did the old, Fake, um, put blood. a little bit of um, blood on my finger. 
and I touch my nose, like not even making a slight attempt to make to not to cover the fact that I'm basically just rubbing fake blood on my nose to make it look like my nose is bleeding. I bought it, but what you I did. thought was cool, I was like, oh, look at you, Tim. Like, you don't, you barely flinch when he hits you. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You take it, but like you're a little, like he, he, Lassiter's so tough. You know, Maggie, he didn't really punch me. It was acting. Oh. Because I'm, I'm, so, I'm that good. And it's all my days as a Hollywood cowboy stunt performer. It all makes sense now. Wow. You're really good. I, <laughs> I really, really believed it. Wow. Okay. This is all really good. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this episode, by the way. This is very funny. Okay. Uh, wait. So Connor hits La- Connor's hits Lassiter, and he thinks Sean is Henry. Right. Sean and Gus arrive at a party. Oh, yes. They get kicked out. Oh, this was another crazy scene. Sean oh, and Gus ask Sorry. for a prescription. Oh, go on. Going back. So after he punches me, it's... It's another first. We get to see the first of many times that Lassiter attempts to manhandle someone. <laughs> and like, because I'm obviously an actor not allowed to put a um, stranglehold or a, um, right. I'm just like flailing about trying to like re- restrain someone who's not even really putting up a fight. They would write, much like they would write, Sean has a breakdown. They would write, Juliet or Lassiter cuffs somebody. Cuffs someone. Yes. Reads, Which, cuffs someone, handles cuffing someone. Cuffing someone yeah. is really hard to do without hurting because it hurts to get cuffed. Yeah, and it also to Don't try ask me to how do I that. Know. <laughs> yeah, Tim. <laughs> yeah. So I would do you want to tell us more about that? <laughs> I would come up behind the the TV set so I could say, "Listen, just, just hold these in your hand, would you?" Oh, I did the same thing. Yeah, I, so, every time. And so our actor would then hold the cuffs in their hand, and then walk away, and we pretend they were cuffed. I highly doubt we ever actually cuffed anyone on this show. Sorry, Steve, if you're just hearing this for the first time. <laughs> but it's true. I don't think we did. I don't think we ever... Uh, I know I didn't, and you didn't. So we're the two most likely cuffing people. Um, unless there was a close-up of it. And I think one time there may have been. Wait, way later. I may have cuffed Mina. Okay, so we'll go... Okay, so Sean and Gus arrive at a party. They get kicked out. Sean and Gus ask for prescriptions. <laughs> Sean makes a scene. Oh, sorry. Oh. Before, before we go, we still got to... I need to spend a lot of time on those on Sean's Swedish accent. Please. Which is hilarious. And I kept thinking, this is very reminiscent of Sacha Baron Cohen in um, ta- his, <gasps> uh, his French Formula One driver in Talladega Nights. Oh, I didn't even think about that. But it is. Wait, did Sacha Baron Cohen steal from James Rodeo Rodriguez? I think that's pretty obvious. Although he was, so. he, was playing a, he was playing a French Formula One driver, not a um, pretend Swedish doctor. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe it's Norwegian, maybe it's some kind of Scandinavian. Yeah. Uh, that was in my notes of the Sachberg Cohen accent. It's so good. It honestly, that, that to me, that scene, I remember seeing it for the very first time too. It was just like, I remember watching them. I think I watched them film that. And I, I, I thought like, this is some next level stuff. I mean, I know I say that a lot on the show about a lot of things, but it really, really was um, hilarious. Um, okay. Wait, Captain Connor runs at the bar. Oh, yes. So Sean and Gus ask for prescriptions. Sean makes a scene acting right. like a theme. I don't know. <laughs> like he's having, some, he's having sort of some, some sort of mental break. He's having it. He is having an episode. Um, Captain Connors runs at the party. Lasseter, Juliet, Sean, and Gus chase him. They go to a green room. Sean realizes the soil is the same of the shoes on the shoes of the missing guy. Mrs. Crocker killed the missing man. And blamed Spoiler it on alert. the... Spoiler <laughs> alert. 
so this this was the first another first for our for our series. It was the first time we saw the amazing Maggie Lawson running in high heels, <laughs> chasing a suspect. I take them off. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it at all. I was oh my also gosh. N- not just running, but running through grass in high heels. Yeah, that was the that was the beginning of my running in heels, which is going to be the title of my memoir. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my uh, that that began that whole. Yeah, I thought I thought of you running too. You run into a a million things on the way into that green room, and I was just thinking like, oh God, I remember so many times. Remember when I would say to you, oh Tim, I just want to wrap you in bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like don't. It's like Tim, don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. I forgot that. Yeah, oh, she'd put me aside. And just go. Be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Yes. Um, yes. No. I take my shoes off. As we're all, we all kind of cluster up at one point. I just, I saw it only the second time I watched this episode. I didn't see it the first time. And Sean grabs me, and and tries to like almost lift me. So that I don't have to go. It's actually really funny. And you only see it for a split second. And I'm surprised they left it in there. Um, but yes, I actually take my shoes off, which I never did again. Because Juliet can make that shit happen. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big running in heels. And also one of the first times I started to be genuinely worried about you. Anytime uh, <laughs> we had to Falling run down. in scenes. Yes. Um, anyway, Mrs. Crocker killed the missing man, blames it on the lion. Her brother is the park ranger. And Sean brings up the ostrich with the tennis ball from a long time ago. Yeah, they have that moment with Trish at the end, which I thought was very funny. This episode um, was also a, a foreshadowing of the amount of times we have animals in our show. So we had the ostrich, um, a mountain lion. mountain lion. Eventually the cat from Nine Lives and the polar bear from Andy's, Andy's polar bear episode. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to think if there was another one, but no, we only we only talk about the warthog. Um uh, we didn't, you guys, we didn't have a warthog in the episode. Absolutely um, not a pregnant one giving birth. Oh my God. <laughs> but that's just how good Dulé is. He acted like he just saw a warthog give birth. I believed him. I believed him. It was really when he vomits in the, in the uh, trash can that really <laughs> stole the moment really for me. Stole. Yes. And Sean's like, are you allergic to placenta? Oh boy. Um, our pineapple sighting in this is the double chocolate mango pineapple, right? Double chocolate mango at the cafe. That's right. So it's not um, a sighting, it's a, it's a audible. Uh, exactly. It's an audible, right. Um, do you want to do some fan questions, Tim? Absolutely, Wait. I do. Yes, okay. Um, oh, I have to call out one more thing in the greenhouse. Uh, let me wait. Actually, let me look at my trusty little notes here. Um, I was gonna say, well, I'm, I'm going to put my reading glasses on. Are we, are we doing? <laughs> no, I'm, look, I'm looking at my notes, too, while you, while you do TikTok, pop. wait. Hang on. Yes, we already talked about all that. Um, okay, great. No, so in the greenhouse scene... I sneeze, Juliet sneezes. And this was very cute um, at the time. Uh, James brought up to me, it was not in the script. He was like, you know, we should start a, like a Juliet Sean runner. That's just something simple that sort of starts to wink at their, I mean, he's a flirt, but she's not buying, you know, that there could be a potential something. So he just was like, you should sneeze. We're in like a place with a lot of stuff. It's just a sneeze. Maybe Juliet has allergies. And I'll say, bless you. And you say, thank you. So there's this whole bit where I'm like, achoo. And he says, bless you. And I go, thank you. And I think we keep it up for quite a while. And I think they started cutting it from the episodes. <laughs> but we started to look for it. I remember him saying like, oh, maybe this is the scene where you could sneeze. But I do, I remember specific, I remember it so well. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember when he said that. And 
when we started doing it, because I, I wait, who directed this one? Um, I think it was Mel Damsky. Mel Damsky, yeah. So, so, and of course, Mel would let us do something like that. So, and I remember because we had to be like, oh, there's going to be a bit we're going to do. So, don't be surprised by it. And they left it in. It's very cute. Speaking of runners and bits between you guys, when when Sean is in the woods tracking the mountain lion, and he's just calling off names of animals. Yes. He specifically says dogs. He does. I, really, I was really waiting for a labradoodle. Oh, that's right. But it was I think it was pre it was pre uh, O'Hara and Sean Labradoodle. Jules runner. Labradoodle. When does that start? Yeah, that was another runner that that we had that was also very cute. Um, I think that might start in season two. Um, if it definitely felt later in the show. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, by the way, you t- you talking to the picture is very funny. You talking to the yeah. missing dead guy's picture and him calling you out on it is so funny. Um, fan questions. Okay, what scenes or lines were improvised in this episode? I don't know for sure. I'm, I know the whole McTikTok thing was made up, was something they they came up with, and then the sneeze was improvised on the day, or that that was something we just sort of came up with that wasn't in the script. Do you remember anything else, Tim? I don't. I would say act natural was probably something they added in, just because that was a little runner that Dulé and James I know started. Um, how did you make it look like a ball was stuck in the ostrich's neck? You guys, I wondered this myself. I actually wrote down one of my notes says ostrich. I hope the ostrich was okay <laughs> because I I saw that too, and I would assume that that was something we did in like a um, special effects later. I don't With have, television yeah. movie magic. Yeah, I think that's some movie magic. Um, I can imagine no no ostriches were harmed or actually fed tennis balls in the making <laughs> of this television production. Definitely not. Definitely not. What was it like working with Kerwood Smith? I mean, he was so fun. He was so game. I remember him just being kind of up for anything. He was He's great. He's what you call a pro. Just a pro. Yeah, he was lovely. Yeah, very, very, very lovely. Was the zookeeper vet name scripted or unscripted? Oh, I see. It was Sean's name scripted. Yes, that was scripted, but the back and forth that they have was was something they came up with. There was definitely written, I think, that they have like a an exchange, but that was all James and Dulé, for sure. Because those the doctor's names were on name tags. There was a shot of the name tags sitting on a table, which is where James comes up with the, oh, I'm, I'm Scandinavian, so I'm going to come up with the most ridiculous Scandinavian accent ever filmed. <laughs> Um, funny too, uh, Michael McMillan, who is the name of the guy who gets killed is an actor, uh, who was on a show called Save Me, um, that I, I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but we were hanging out. We all hung all out right. with him. Save me, save me was filming when we were up there. Yeah, exactly. And we all like would play poker together and hang out. And then I saw that the, the guy who, um, gets murdered, his, his name is Michael McMillan. I'm like, oh, I bet we did that on purpose. What were your favorite parts of the episode? Oh, man. Um, well, I love TikTok. I love McTikTok. I've already said. Um, I love uh, I love Lassiter. And I loved him. I love when, how uh, 
annoyed you are and ridiculous and when you go up and talk to the picture um, <laughs> when we show up at the at the coffee shop. Um, love Ashley, who is just so sweet. Kerwood, I mean, everybody, everything. I don't know. Tim, what are your favorite parts? Uh, see, in watching it, I remember um, seeing that, being at that amazing house where the reception was going on. Oh, yeah. That was... Sort of those big man- mansions in Shaughnessy, I think. It was. It was definitely... I remember that was one of the first times I'd been to, uh, like, a neighborhood like that in Vancouver. I was like, where are we? It was massive. Beautiful. Um, I remember that, too. And I do remember, like, being out in White Rock a lot, but I remember really... I really loved it. Um, okay. What do you think the Chiefs... Who... <laughs> this is a very funny question. Who do you think the chief, the chief's daughter would have dated, chief being Captain Connors, Gus or Sean? I think she would have probably gotten over Sean's, the couple dates and it's too much with Sean, and then the uh, the long-term solid choice of Gus. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably, I would probably agree. Yeah, because yes. at the end, their one of their last scenes is they have the competition of who's going to go get, who's going to go try and kiss her. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately she would see through Sean and and be like all about Gus. Yeah, I'm going to say Gus got the kiss Gus, in that competition. Gus got the kiss. I agree. I think Gus got the kiss. This episode was uh, was adorable. It's also really fun to him just to talk to to you. Well, I, I would totally agree. I, I enjoy talking to me too. No, it, it, no, it, it is great. Just you and I being able to sit and talk. Like we wouldn't have gotten the story of Maggie getting in a, car, in a bad car accident. Oof! Still to this day, um, I have had SUVs ever since, just because I've had such a uh, uh, such a weird memory from that. See, I never knew. I never knew you had that um, that issue driving. Little phobia. Yeah. See, 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 see listeners, you're not. Stuff. It's not even you guys getting info. I'm learning new things about one of my best friends in the world. Yeah. yeah, that's why I've driven. If you're wondering why me and, you know, my my little self was always in some big car, it, that's one of the reasons why. Everybody would always be like, why Why do you get such a big car? I'm like, because I need the protection <laughs> and, I, and I can't sit low. And you would drive like with 14 animals. There, I, I did need room for all the animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the other reason. That was another reason that people. That was the easier reason to explain. It was like, oh, I have 14 dogs, so I need a lot of I need a lot of room. But uh, that was part of it. But the one. And of the just main- just to clarify, Maggie's not actually an animal hoarder. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It's not I'm time not. for an intervention yet. Yeah, being the. Uh, the important word but there. But there's also, there's also all the equipment that goes with having multiple dogs. Yeah. See? You got to have an SUV. If we were talking to one of the producers today rather than just you and I shooting the shooting the breeze, yeah. we, we would never have told the story of James and Dulé purposely being late to White Rock so they could get Teamsters to drive them. Also, Steve, uh, yeah, never knowing that we were, we or anyone knowing we never cuffed anyone ever. Um, definitely not. That's why I want more than apologizing to Steve. I want to apologize to Steve's cop dad. Oh yeah, we've really let him down. (laughs) Yeah, Burton probably saw that every time. He's like, he didn't really cuff him. No, he knew. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he was like that. You can't do that in in five seconds. It's a process. Cuffing is a process. There's twisting of thumbs. There's a whole there's whole thing involved. Again, don't ask me how I know. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh right. Wait, how do you know? 
I used to watch a lot of um, detective sure, shows. Sure, sure. Uh huh. Sure, sure, sure. sure. I watched the first forty-eight. That's a reality show. That is real. That was one of the things I did for research for our show. Was I would watch the first forty-eight to see how the real detectives would walk around with their notepads and stuff. Oh, here's something else in this episode. Speaking of real detectives, this is the first time we. It's not the first time, but it, it was a. We got a really good glimpse of the um, of Lasseter's shoulder holster because see, there's there were two there were two shoulder holsters for Lasseter. Season one. Shoulder holster was um, sort of the tan suede one, mm-hmm. which quickly went to sort of this really sleek um, black oh, leather one. That's right. But I specific, in the pilot, or, I remember this episode one. I specifically asked for the suede tan one because it's it's what Stephen McQueen wore in Bullet. Yeah, you did. So I just wanted the Stephen McQueen shoulder holster, and you got it. And I got it, and then eventually went for something a little more. Um, Tactical and slick looking for, as last year's suits improved. As an actor, that is one thing I have to say about you, Tim, just like across the board. I feel like every choice you make, even in wardrobe, you are so in tune with like, even if it's not exactly to a character, it's it's a feeling of like, like this is what Steve McQueen would have. Like you have watched the shows, you know the actors, you like, I mean, I, I was, I don't think I watched anything. Um... I just always tried to, thank you. That's a very fun compliment. It comes down to just me stealing from actors I like. That is n- absolutely not true. It's 100% true. That's the key to success, young actress. <laughs> S- steal from the best. <laughs> always. That is, you are, that is so crazy. You are so good and so authentic. And uh, and if somebody said to you, like, hey, you know, why do you always carry the same file? You would actually have an answer that is like, rather than just like, I don't know, it's what the the prop guy gave me. You would actually be like, oh, I carry this one because Lassiter in in season three or in season one, episode three had this going on. Or it would be something like, I saw Marlon Brando carry a file like this in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) That just happened to say SVPD on it. That just exactly, but still, you would always have an answer. Every single choice you made, you you knew exactly why you were why you were making it, or you do know exactly why you make it. I say that in present tense as well, but definitely for Lasseter. Thank you very very much, my friend. Guys, Again, another dinner. <laughs> I know. I just really want to be fed for uh, for a while. Um, Tim, this was so fun. Um, everybody watch Tim's This Is Us whenever it's out. Um, I mean, Tim, I'll be talking to you probably in five minutes, but, uh, anything else you want to add about Forget Me Not? Uh, it's a hard one to forget. <gasps> Look See what, at what did you there? did there! <laughs> forget it not. Forget it not. You know me, man. I can't turn off the comedy. It's how my brain works. <laughs> it's so it's, good. It's either, I'm either always stealing from other actors and finally, for, oh, I'm going to use that one day. Mm-hmm. Or, um... Constantly coming up with the dumb jokes, the dad jokes. I would not say they're dumb jokes. Maybe they're dad jokes, <laughs> <laughs> but not dumb. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Well, I love you much, Lee. And um, you guys, this was Forget Me Not. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully um, you forget it not. Sorry. Just to call the joke back to Tim. See, he, you did it way better. And see, that's called a callback. <laughs> Dear listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying it. And um, you go back and watch the show and go, oh, yeah, you're right. That is a horrible suit he was wearing. (laughs) And, um, oh, there I saw saw where she took off her her shoes to run. And now Pepto Pink is a a real color. Yeah. So, again, to go back to Maggie running, I was always amazed at 
your ability to run in heels. Thanks, Tim. I, I actually have no idea where that comes from. I, I can't, I still can't believe, see, you guys, one of the reasons I had to be in heels all the time, which I ended up loving, but uh, is because um, Tim is so tall and because we are in scenes together all the time in a two shot, to have a tight two shot of the two of us, if I was not in heels, I would barely hit his shoulder. So you would actually not see me in the scene. You might see the top of my head. So they, I had to be taller because I'm 5'3", and Tim is six, six, six? Yeah, just six foot. On judging him, it was a real good time daily. They would actually have me take my shoes off all the time. Oh, that's nice. That's nice and that you did that for time. Yes. Well, she's, she's, she's time freaking daily. daily. <laughs> daily. I would have taken my shoes off for you too, Maggie. Sure. I know you would have actually, I, I didn't mind the heels kind of like your, your holster. I felt like I wasn't a big heels wearer at the time. I am more now, but so it, it did feel like that's when I shifted out of Maggie into. It was very Carrie Broadchild of you. I was just about to say, and I loved sex in the city. So I was like heels. Yes. So just like that, we said of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like whatever Fred did, Ginger had to do it backwards in mm -hmm. heels. That was Maggie running. Whenever we were running from somebody, Maggie, I was running, but Maggie was running in heels. Yeah, it's true. Luckily not backwards. I'd do it all again. Um, no, I, I don't think I ever ran backwards. I don't think so. Um, thank you for saying all of that, Tim. That's very sweet about my running in heels. I think I just, I just uh, neutralized the dinner. You did. I feel like we have now, we're now kind of even. For now, until we do the next Does that podcast. mean we split dinner? I think so. We think we go Dutch. Okay. We go Dutch. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'll buy you dinner anytime, Tim. All right. Bye, Tim. Bye, I'll call you in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. What a fun episode. I love when it's just me and Tim. Thanks again for listening to episode 10 of The Psychologists Are In. Follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. See you all next week with executive producer Chris Enzi. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.